Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Folks, we're teetering on what could be an economic meltdown, threatening to wash away our savings and retirement. Inflation has surged to levels unseen in 40 years. Gold is the smartest and most responsible investment you can make for you and your family in times like these. A safe haven asset that protects your purchasing power and your wallet from inflation. When it comes to protecting your IRA or 401k, trust only the best. My friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold has earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and builds relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. Get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase when you visit protectwithlou.com today or give them a call at 844-6484-LOU. Don't wait. Take control of your retirement today. Call 844-6484. 84-L-O-U and speak with one of their experts. Time is of the essence. Protect your future with Allegiance Gold. Visit protectwithlou.com or call 844-648-4LOU. Hello, everybody. I'm Lou Dobbs. This is The Great America Show. Welcome and thanks for being with us today. There is, as always, a lot going on in our country, and I wonder sometimes how any of us keeps up with even the most important, the most compelling events of any given day. But there is no doubt in my mind what the most important issue confronting us today is, and that is the vast, pervasive corruption of the federal government. From the puppet, impaired, and compromised president to the Department of Justice, the FBI, the intel agencies, to every executive department of the federal government that now identifies you and me as enemies of the state. The Marxist Dems don't want us to speak up at school board meetings. They don't want us to have any say in the education of our children or any say about the schools, including what books our children may read. Biden's education secretary, Miguel Cardona, actually said that he doesn't, quote, have too much respect for people who are, as he put it, misbehaving in public and acting like they know what's right for kids, end quote. Folks, these Marxist Dems are over-the-top ignorant, and they're everywhere in education and the Biden regime throughout. And there are days I don't think the Republicans are much better. They're the ones who call themselves conservatives and patriots, but fund Biden's ignorant and destructive policies. They want to fund the DHS, but the Department of Homeland Security has turned the border over to the cartels, to illegals, to sex traffickers, and deadly drugs that are devastating our society. The Republicans on Capitol Hill are just too happy to fund the Education Department, the Department of Defense that spends trillions of dollars that buy jet fighters that can't fly in bad weather, 
aircraft carriers that take two decades to put to sea. In my opinion, the Republican House has a solemn responsibility right now to stop the Biden regime and the Marxist Dems' anti-American policies to save the Republic. But the GOP is simply put, led by a gutless, untalented rhino, Kevin McCarthy, who says, quote, It's easier to negotiate with the Biden White House than with House Republicans. Of course, this is the guy who sold out House Republicans and gave Biden $4 trillion when he was allegedly trying to cut spending. One congressman, Don Bacon, said the Republicans right now just don't have an alternative to McCarthy. They don't have an alternative to McCarthy. Can you believe that? If that were true, the Republican Party would be as good as dead. What is then their purpose? Truly, think about it. What do Republicans do? They talk a lot, and they say Biden should be removed from office. He should be impeached. But then they say, bow down to this corrupt, impaired shell of a man. It's truly tragic what you and I and our fellow citizens are witnessing in this country. Witnessing in both parties, by the way. And now, here comes the China virus vaccine propaganda. President Biden got his COVID and flu shots Friday, despite a rising chorus who questioned the efficacy and safety of the vaccines. So here we go again. The drumbeat for everyone from, in some cases, six months to five years, and five years and older to get the jab. The FDA approving the vaccines and the CDC pushing them hard, as are the vaxxer companies, primarily Moderna, Pfizer, and BioNTech. And I'm sure it's no accident that the national corporate media is ballyhooing the rise in the number of China virus cases. And if the China virus isn't motivating to most, our public health agencies are also now talking about a twin-demic. The New York Times reporting the virus may be joined by influenza for a double-threat virus epidemic to spread in the coming weeks. You're not scared yet? Well, how about adding a third virus into that vaccine for what the Times calls a triple-demic? That would be the China virus joined with the flu virus plus a little beauty called the respiratory syncytial virus or RSV. That's not particularly charming, is it? But it's certainly attention-getting. And at least the health officials are coming clean for once, if within just narrow margins. Even as they boost the boosters and the new vaccines, they for the first time acknowledge the vaccines for flu and the China virus may not prevent infection at all, but could, could lessen the symptoms. Our guest today has been urging candor and especially truth about the vaccines, the China virus, and its prevention and treatment from the outset of the pandemic. With us today is Dr. Robert Malone, physician, epidemiologist, virologist, and research scientist, and inventor of mRNA, or messenger RNA, and an outspoken critic of the public health agencies and orthodoxies that were unyielding in their misinformation and disinformation about the virus and vaccines through the pandemic. Dr. Malone, it's great to have you with us. The FDA approving new vaxes for new variants. President Biden gets his vaccine. The drumbeat for vaxing and boosting getting louder by the day. 
Here we go again. Your thoughts on what's unfolding. Right. And uh, most, if not all of us, have received at least one infection with SARS-CoV-2, if not two. And furthermore, the data are uh, quite clear about the effects of these multiple inoculations with these products, which are suppressing immune responses and triggering a number of things related to this technical area called original antigenic sin, in which if you keep getting bombarded with a uh, vaccine-like product, uh, you can drive a form of tolerance. And the data were already fairly clear. Even Peter Marks acknowledged that this is the case, but then he dismissed it as not being clinically significant. Uh, so uh, it, it, it certainly suggests uh, more evidence of uh, collusion and uh, relationships between these pharmaceutical entities, uh, which, by the way, have had quite a drop in profit recently uh, and, and in sales because of uh, the huge surge of sales and profit they had before, uh, consequent to our government's advocacy for their position. I, I doubt very much that we're going to see global acceptance of these products in the same way that we did in the early days when there was all this fear-mongering. Um, are they going to be able to spin up fear again? Are they going to be able to weaponize fear again? The evidence suggests that the population is increasingly resistant to this kind of fear-based messaging, except for you know something like 50% of the population seems to still be very much in the narrative, very much believing that the government is acting in their best interest and acting with integrity. And uh, of course, this lands straight in primary season. And uh, so absolutely everything relating to this will be politicized. I, I personally think that we have a administrative state uh, whose leaders are still very much invested in the lo- thinking that they did the right thing. And I know for sure uh, the Senate believes that they did the right thing, uh, with few exceptions, Ron Johnson being the standout. Right. Uh, the Senate wants all this to go away. Uh, and um, the only thing that, that is even open for discussion, it seems, is the origin of the virus and the extent to which uh, USAID, DOD, and NIH funded that uh, manufacturing of the virus at Wuhan. Other things just don't seem to be open for discussion. And of course, the person that's driving that is Rand Paul, uh, is, is very much open to discussing the origins of the virus, but not much else. So I think we are heading into another uh, politicized public health environment in in which uh, there is the potential for uh, additional uh, marketing, basically on the ba- on the on the part of our government on behalf of these pharmaceutical entities, uh, one of which has absolutely been funded, capitalized, developed, uh, grown uh, mm-hmm. with funding from the uh, CIA operational group called DARPA. To that point, the Daily Mail reporting 
that there are U.S. tax dollars still being sent to 27, 27 Chinese laboratories and that research facilities there benefited from another 15 million to perform uh, dangerous, cruel animal exper experiments, as they put it, despite the fears that the COVID leaked from Wuhan, I would say the all but absolute certainty uh, that uh, it was leaked. And I'll put that in quotation marks from Wuhan. I personally, well yeah. I, I, I yeah. personally believe it was engineered and it was, it was not mere happenstance that it, uh, it, it descended on the, on the global population but, but since, when it did. Since you and I are the grownups in the room. Uh, in a, as opposed to all the conspiracy whack jobs that are out there, um, we can both agree that it it all the evidence clearly points to it having been engineered at the Wuhan Institute of Virology with participation uh, by the U.S. government through a number of agencies, and that in some way it emerged from there. And there's no way to discern whether that was intentional or unintentional, right. uh, but. Um, there's certainly a case to be made for both. The case for natural origin seems to me to be quite contrived, and I think you and I are aligned on that also. Absolutely. Uh, and I, I really regret that our intelligence agents, uh, agencies have not been more straightforward and more effective in determining uh, what the, 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 the strategy or the, uh, the extraordinary uh, accident a biological accident. Well, I, can, oh, I, can, I can comment on that. Please. I've unfortunately come to the conclusion that our intelligence community has got their fingers in almost every one of these key issues associated with the COVID crisis. As we've all been wondering who is the uh, puppet master behind this, and we've speculated, you know, as a community, many different things, uh, starting with Ernst Wolf's hypotheses about the financial aspect of this and the benefits that accrue to the bankers and the hyper-wealthy through uh, Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, European royalty. We can go on and on and on about the theories, but but I, because I've had um, various uh, senior people within the administration, largely associated with Feds for Medical Freedom. I'd like to just talk about that for a brief moment. We're talking with Dr. Robert Malone about the dreaded COVID disease and all of the conspiracies around it. And by the way, some small amount of truth is emerging again in the public. And no small thanks due to Dr. Malone. We'll be right back. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. 
Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. We're back now with Dr. Robert Malone. Uh, he is, in my opinion, as I've said, I think one of the leading physicians uh, and researchers in all that is transpiring in public health in this country and in, uh, in fighting uh, the COVID virus uh, a pandemic. Uh, Dr. Malone, you were saying. Yeah, I was mentioning this organization, and let me just give a little context. Feds for Medical Freedom. This is an alliance that sprung up organically. This is not AstroTurf. Uh, in the D.C. metro area, largely, of uh, more senior-level government officials that didn't want to take the jab, that didn't buy into what was happening. And I want your listeners to understand that even though we talk about the administrative state and uh, all of the things that are surrounding it, uh, there are good people that work for the government. And there are good people, we can call them white hats in the context of the intelligence community, that are uh, starting to speak out and that are not happy with what's happened. And a number of them have come and spoken to me privately. We always leave our cell phones away so that they can't, you know, listen in, et cetera. And one of the things that's come out of those various conversations is truly there has been a number of nefarious activities that have occurred within the federal government. And I hope those eventually come out. For instance, one of the things that's apparently quite common is for these groups that meet and make these high level decisions, they generally operate under Chatham House rules. You're familiar with that, which is to say nobody takes any notes and nobody quotes each other so that nothing can be traced back to a given individual making a decision. And I've also learned quite a bit about things that have gone on within the CIA itself. The one that's on many of our minds is 9-11, and then the uh, absence of the weapons of mass destruction under Saddam Hussein, the yellow cake uh, that never appeared. Uh, we've had a number of these uh, in major intelligence failures. And it appears that the COVID crisis is another one. And the question is, how much was that a, a case of incompetence? And how much of that had to do with, I call it nefarious scheming. But there's absolutely strong evidence that there were groups within the intelligence community, or IC, that were tasked with, for instance, sorting out the uh, available data concerning the Wuhan origin of the virus and whether it was a natural origin, a laboratory creation, whether it was a lab leak, et cetera. And uh, one of those groups conclusively concluded within the CIA that, in fact, uh, this was a, uh, a laboratory origin and apparently leaked. Uh, with low confidence. And the reason why they said that low confidence is because all the data have been destroyed. The information has been destroyed by the CCP. The laboratory samples were destroyed about November of 2019. And there's some discussion about whether the origin was in November of 2019 or earlier around the time of the military games. But the, those, those conclusions were made. They were suppressed. Uh, they uh, the group took their complaints about this activity uh, to the um, ombudsman at the CIA, 
who uh, determined that they had acted with integrity and they should not have been suppressed. But this is the report when you see, for instance, uh, the director of national intelligence's report that we all got to see that's so superficial. When he mentions that there was some dissenting opinions within the intelligence community, this is the group that we're talking about, this and the Oak Ridge National Lab uh, group that did their analysis independently. So I'm trying to make the point that it was it absolutely, in my opinion, the CIA and the intelligence community in general and the broader Five Eyes Alliance intelligence community was absolutely at the center of this whole cascade of let's gently call it public health mismanagement. It's the kindest words I can come up with. But kind, um, that's, that's very kind indeed, doctor. Uh, a couple of things. I, 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 I think I hear you asking us, and I'm, I'm a little shocked, uh, to trust uh, a group within the CIA, who are good and decent people, of, of whom I'm sure there are a number, but this is the same agency that uh, produced the the nefarious uh, letter by 51 veterans, including five directors of the, I, of I the CIA. So with you. I have to say, uh, they're in the business of keeping secrets. They're not in the business of informing the public. I'm of the opinion that they're in the business of doing whatever's necessary to support the president. Mm. Um, and their ethics have become the ethics of the administrative state, which is to say virtually no ethics at all, as far as I'm uh, concerned. Where the heck were they uh, in support of President Trump for four years? I'm of the opinion that they are a group that has a job to do, which has nothing to do with the public's right to know, has nothing to do uh, with mm -hmm. delivering the truth to the to the body politic. They're at the core. You said that you said the word. They are at the core of the fifth generation warfare that has been deployed against the American people. Right. They are at the core of these false narratives, manipulation of media, censorship, mm -hmm. uh, interactions with social media. That's what this group does. Yeah. And uh, the what I what I encounter is that in in you know people coming to me and sharing information right. and of course with the cia anybody that comes and talks to you it, it pretty much is a trained liar and you have to assume that there's some agenda going on here we have to assume that they're otherwise we're lost we have to assume that there are good patriotic americans uh within all of mm -hmm. these organizations they may be a subset they may not be the administrators. They not may not be in the driver's seat, but I believe that there are good Americans throughout the administrative state. They may be a minority, but they're there. And and I I'm of the belief that we shouldn't uh, um, you know cast out the baby with the bathwater. There's no question we need major reforms. In well, terms of Mr. Trump, the evidence suggests that. The administrative state was very much against him, and uh, and he, in retrospect, as I say in the book, with his uh, um, Schedule F, for example, trying to reclassify the senior executive service, um, he was treated as an outsider, uh, and now, there doctor, was a concerted I've, I've gotta... effort to neutralize him. 
Yeah, I, I I think this is all part of the public record. I mean, I think this audience knows all of that, uh, if I may put it that yes. way. And and yeah. the and the the reality is that we're not. Uh, you were talking about throwing the baby out with the bathwater, as if we were about to disband the CIA. I assure you. The CIA has nothing to fear from me, okay? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing. Uh, the baby is safe. The whole, well, they, they the have whole, nothing uh, to fear from RFK Jr. if he gets in, that's for sure. Well, uh, you know, and, and by the way, uh, that's that's an interesting proposition, but it's also a proposition, I'm sure, in which they're fully engaged uh, in preventing. So, you know, we're... We're, we're uh, talking about an agency that I don't think has much to fear from the public. You know, I love the old expression, you know, a, a democracy, this great republic is when your government fears the people. But when the people fear the government, as we do now, we have a, a historical issue, a, a historic issue uh, that we have to contend with. Let me get back to so, to so Lou, one of the things that made me kind of turn in this whole narrative of who are the puppet masters, and that is to say, getting back on target, who's behind this latest round of propaganda, um, was a colleague of mine who is uh, senior enough uh, with his security firm that he actually employs a former director of the CIA. And we were talking the other day, he's of the same mindset as you and I about the CIA and about this whole issue of the puppet masters. And he said he had spoken to his uh, employee colleague about the agency and asked him straightforward, is this the most powerful organization in the world right now? And uh, his colleague thought about it for a moment and he said, yes, I believe it is. The CIA, I think, is the only organization that has the scope, power, capabilities to have pulled off this harmonized propaganda campaign that was deployed globally. Remember the CIA, together with Henry Kissinger, created the World Economic Forum. They created the G20. These organizations that, were, that are advancing the globalist agenda um, are all tightly linked to that intelligence community. And I'm increasingly of the belief that the last set of presidents, probably since Ronald Reagan, have all had very deep ties with the agency, and particularly Mr. Obama. Well, I think that's fascinating, and we'll, we'll pick up right there when we continue. We're talking with Dr. Robert Malone. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We're back with Dr. Robert Malone. And doctor, as we were taking a, a quick break, uh, you were saying that Barack Obama, President Obama, uh, had uh, proximity to the CIA. And in, in, in what way? So what I observe is that his actions have been very much supported by the agency um, and have been very aligned with agency policy. Remember his unwillingness to take any action after Iraq with the various uh, um, really war crimes that occurred. And uh, many of us were surprised by that at the time. If you, if you watch what he does, remember he's the guy who advanced the logic most aggressively that censorship was necessary to preserve democracy. His speech at the Hoover, in which he advanced that idea like two years ago, was really just an extension of his prior actions when he was president. A lot of the uh, policies that have been put in place, including the authorization for the intelligence community to be more aggressively acquiring information from uh, domestic Americans, from citizens, that was all really advanced quite aggressively during his administration. The logic that censorship and control and propaganda was necessary, that's pretty much a central to his administration. When you look back, a lot of these things that we're now grappling with have been the consequence of uh, executive actions and policies that were put in place during his administration. So I've come, I've always just felt in, in, at a feeling level that there was something not right about his rapid ascendancy, his relative inexperience, how he interacted with DC, the ready acceptance of his policies, this willingness to um, breach what were previously considered norms in the areas of intelligence, anti-terrorism, uh, targeting of s offshore civilians, remember? Uh, he authorized a, a drone hit on an American uh, citizen who was acting in a terrorist way, but nevertheless, um, he did authorize that hit. There's a, just a, been a series of actions that he's taken that have been very aligned with the interests of the intelligence community, and uh, really this modern uh, censorship industrial complex, in my opinion, can be traced right back to the Obama administration in particular. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more uh, because it is the the foundational moment uh, that has led to the capacity of this country to accept a uh, an impaired and obviously compromised president and Joe Biden, uh, knowing full well that he is incapable of any form of leadership that would be meaningful or challenging to the nation's enemies, uh, foreign or domestic. Uh, let me let me turn back to the the issue of these uh, drumbeats, as I said at the outset, trying to set us up for yes. it looks to me like another round of uh, China fear mongering, uh, China virus fear mongering, the two separate issues. Uh, how serious should anyone uh, take our public health agencies when this president has made them subservient to the World Health Organization. Uh, how, how should we react 
to what we know will be coming from the teachers' unions, that is, a demand for closure <laughs> and a facilitating of what they did in 2020, uh, which was to, of course, start uh, early voting, late voting, and no voting at all, but we'll count it anyway, uh, on the part of the Marxist Dems. <laughs> like ballot harvesting, let's call it. Um, uh, so, the and when you say we, I think we're really talking about the 20 to 25 percent, maybe 30 percent of people that are awake, um, within which 5 percent are truly warriors. The rest are a little more passive. If that's the we we're talking about, the answer is we should respond with great, great skepticism and wariness. We this is this is, you know, um, COVID crisis 2.0. And this is going to be an opportunity to find out how much we've really accepted the lessons of COVID crisis 1.0. Have we learned from that? Have we learned to respond effectively to the corporate media and their, you know, fear porn or scaremongering, whatever you want to call it, um, their willingness to act as lapdogs to the administration and the administrative state? Are we willing to uh, confront the medical establishment that will be all in on this. And as we've learned now, they have uh, repeatedly, we've documented their financial incentives to become uh, active agents of this propaganda. Are we uh, willing to resist and ready to resist these uh, mandates for uh, lockdowns, as you mentioned, school activities uh, mandated uh, vaccine, quote unquote, products, mask use, etc. When all the data shows that these things are un not effective, um, are we willing to question these things and resist them? And are we willing to to deal with the consequences because people will lose jobs? It will go through the same thing. And the key question here, if you think it through. We now have a number of judicial actions that are coming to maturity, and the judiciary has often avoided taking positions on things like uh, medical exemptions and religious exemptions uh, or under the judicial logic that it's now moot. It doesn't matter anymore. The government isn't doing that anymore. What happens now when we see the government redeploy these same strategies? Is the judiciary now primed enough that they're ready to take these things on? Because we have cases that relate to these activities, which I believe have been highly illegal, and I think you also, um, that are now at the doorsteps of the Supreme Court. It, are the Supremes ready to step up and say, no, this is not constitutional, these activities? Or are they going to back down again under the guise of national security in a public health crisis that isn't a public health crisis? I believe the answer to that is straightforwardly no, and that only a, a vast uh, public demonstration of political will by the citizens of this country to those courts, to our Congress and our Senate, will move the needle at all. Is there any reason in the world to believe that this extra, that there is an effective vaccine against the China virus and its variants? So remember going back uh, to 2019 and early 2020, many of us noted that the history of coronaviruses as, as uh, subjects for vaccine development has been a history of repeated failure. 
and the data now I'm compelled uh, are quite clear that these most recent coronavirus vaccines have neither been safe nor effective. Uh, in order to make any claims about effectiveness, you really have to stretch the definition of a vaccine. But the based on the common belief of what a vaccine is, the, the old school definitions, they have not prevented infection, replication, or spread. They were never sufficiently effective to get to herd immunity. They And they were not needed in the young. That's absolutely clear. And now we even have the likes of Paul Offit acknowledging that they are causing myocarditis and pericarditis. Now, this has been known for a long time, but he's a major vaccine advocate. So they're not safe. They're not effective. Um, this is the same technology. Uh, so is it likely that it is going to be safe and effective in these current embodiments? The answer is no. Uh, it is fundamentally flawed, and uh, we are likely to see a strong effort to basically market this to Americans in the same way that we had before with a lot of propaganda backed by, as I've reported, and many others, backed by financial incentives to physicians that have been up in the range of three hundred to $500,000 a year if they get sufficient numbers of their patients vaccinated, which is why you see physicians pushing the jab every time you encounter one, is they've been provided with a strong financial incentive. Now, what, I, what I'm suspicious about here, Lou, is that we have all kinds of red flags dropping on the field right now about a, another impending financial major slowdown at best. Mm -hmm. And is this really um, not only a convenience for uh, political purposes as we head into the primaries, but is this also going to be a convenience in order to provide short-term financial stimulus at the expense of the debt um, by printing money, et cetera, and generating more inflation to try to get some sort of short-term bump to carry the Democratic Party through the next election. And that's the kind of stuff that has been going on, is weaponizing public health for political purposes and financial purposes. And I see no reason not to be highly suspicious that that's the game being played again. And the game being played, we're seeing all sorts of military age, males, Chinese, crossing our border now, not just simply Central American, Mexico, uh, South American, uh, as the uh, as the Biden regime styles yeah. the refugees. Uh, yes. At the same time, a Chinese, uh, a Chinese laboratory detected in California purely by accident, of course, because we don't have an agency effective enough to d discern when there is a foreign threat. Uh, on domestic soul. looking out of a window. Exactly. Yeah. What, what uh, an amazing cascade. Are there likely to be more? Absolutely. If, if this one was detected in a random fashion in the way that it was, and, and I was just going to say, for those that haven't been following that story, the most worrisome aspect is that there was a large library of pathogenic organisms in, in that occult laboratory. There's no reason for that lab to have those organisms other than it to be doing biologic weapons research. It is, is highly implausible that it would have those agents for any other reason. 
And uh, the, the government of California, of course, looked the other way as this was happening. There's even some talk about Gavin Newsom having directed some uh, funding and support for this laboratory. And the odds are very high that there are multiple other occult laboratories like this scattered throughout the United States. Um, Russia went to war ostensibly with Ukraine because Americans had biowarfare laboratories sprinkled along the border in Ukraine. Now we have evidence of at least one and who knows how many other laboratories that have been sprinkled in an occult fashion, not so above board as is typical of the Chinese to do everything quietly and behind the scenes. Uh, and we don't even know what the true threat is. We do know that the intelligence community has done threat assessments for this kind of garage biowarfare operation and found that it's very easy to set these things up, particularly along in California in the biotech quarter, where there is a whole lot of used equipment available that would make it cheap and easy to set up these kinds of facilities. Yeah, it, it's truly troubling, uh, and troubling doubly so, uh, because our government seems uninterested and incapable of carrying out its function as a government that is to defend the defend the country uh, and its uh, and its citizenry. They seem to be more focused on citizens and the threat posed by citizens exercising free speech in terms of the Department of Homeland Security than they are about real threats like border integrity uh, and um, the flow of illicit drugs across our border that is killing more people than COVID has for a long time now, including fentanyl, of course, and now these laboratory threats, and they seem to be brushing them off as, as, as if there's nothing to see here, just move on. It's very, it's, gets really hard to not go down the rabbit hole that our government has been compromised based on its actions. Do you doubt it for a moment? Um, I'm, I, because of that, I'm a professional, I have a license in public. I have to be uh, circumspect in what I say, but in terms of my private positions, the evidence is so strong that in particularly the Biden family has been compromised that I think it's no longer really up for debate. The question is, who and when will anybody be held accountable? I couldn't agree more, as usual. Dr. Robert Malone, we thank you for being with us here. Uh, it's always a fascinating discussion. We appreciate uh, your time uh, and all you do for the country. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Lou, and I look forward to your continued success. Dr. Robert Malone, great American. Thanks for being with us, and thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Here tomorrow, our guest is the former House Intel chairman and CEO of the Trump Media and Technology Group. Please join us here tomorrow and each and every day. Thanks. God bless you, and God bless and save America. <laughs>